Hello again, one and all. It's a heartwarming edition of Rinky Dinking, brought to you by Choctaw Casinos and Resorts. We're having a bit of a snow day today, as uh, everything's been shut down. Got shut down last night, completely shut down today. Figured we'd see whether our apparatuses work and maybe, uh, you know, put forth a little Rinky Dinkin' podcast. Hey, Mike Ica. Are you ready to serve up a big old piping hot a cup of stars info and opinion and stuff? It's what I do. Oh, my God. Is hey, Razor. Oh. Isn't that a great way to start a question? Hey, Razor. How are you today? I'm not on Zoom right now, so you don't oh, have to do Oh, dang that. it. Like I love when that happens. on Zoom. <laughs> we, know, we, we know who the player is. You don't have to say hi to them. Just ask your questions. Jeez. So you're oh. saying, like, if we were at a press conference, we wouldn't be going like, hey, Jamie. Exactly. Or if you're in, no, even better, if you're in one of those media scrums and every time, every time one of the reporters asks a question, you go, hey, Jamie. <laughs> hey, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Nobody does that. They just ask the question. Ask your questions. <laughs> ask it. <laughs> uh, you, you have a lot of pet peeves. I'm a too, voyeur. Right? I'm, a, I'm a Zoom voyeur. <laughs> I just sit on the outside. Uh, and what about you, Jeff Totes? Are you, you ready to offer up something or are you just hoping you stay powerful yeah i'm just hoping to stay on the grid through the duration of this but it does warm my heart to be here with you guys oh that's beautiful that's like a late valentine's yep right there did you get a lot of valentine's uh mike and jeff i just from the wife uh, you know i'd probably uh, prefer some more but yeah just you know a couple of cards from the wife (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) you know what about you totsy I did not, and I must say, for all what? the all the negativity of 2020, I I think it might be roughest on the single among us. Jamie Alexiak oh. said it. I identify with him. It's uh, it's it's a tough time for us out here. Magnified by Valentine's Day. You guys, you have Zoom. You have all this technology. You're not alone. That's Can true. you imagine? That's a good point. Yes, yes. You guys are just soft. It's a well, joke. It, it's, it really is a good point, Daryl, because I've had Zoom meetings with members of my family. I have a very large family, yeah. and it's been great. And yeah. I haven't done that for 20 years, but like, this year I have. I remember when, when my wife and I were, were first dating, and I was playing hockey on one coast, and she was working on the other. And, and uh, I mean, you just talked on the phone. That was it. And it cost money, a lot of money to talk oh, on the You had to have minutes. So much money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was expensive that stuff with Ma Bell. Uh, you guys now you can like it's with my daughters at school. They all of a sudden there's my daughter's face, it just pops up on uh, the FaceTime Facebook thing. The face facing, <laughs> what is it? FaceTime, right? Yep. Something FaceTime yeah. book. Oh, shut up, totes! Now you're being <laughs> you're being all cocky. I'm sorry it went that way for you though, Jeff. Uh, man, I used to. I used to just rake in baskets of Valentines. I had, as you probably saw on Occam's Razor the other night, I had it going on. Good looking. Had solid flow, super solid flow. A future superstar athlete. Anyway, uh, to you, the the podcast listening uh, Stars fan, even if you're not a Stars fan, if you're just listening to this, just sit back, pull up a blankie, let us try to. Let us try to warm your cockles with Edition 5 this season. You know what cockles are, Mike? 
I have heard the phrase, but I don't have a definition for cockles. Well, I, I'm not even going to ask JT. <laughs> they're they're mollusks. That's what hmm. they are. It's almost like mussels or clams, that kind of thing. Why That's would they be in your heart? Are. So you warm your cockles. Hmm. I think. Anyway. <laughs> All right, she's cold out there, eh? <laughs> North Texas. Whew. Had to plug in the car into, this morning. <laughs> yeah, plunged into a freezing coma this week. The I, I was thinking of that with uh, you know my wife's car is outside. Of course, mine stays indoors, uh, garage kept. But I, I was wondering, like, man, maybe you should have a little antifreeze in there. <laughs> Just I never thought I'd ever think of that in in Texas. But holy moly moly, that is a chilly one out there. You got frozen pipes. Uh, I, I had the fun, uh, uh, experience of my, uh, backup, uh, filter on my pool released and emptied half my pool in the middle of the night. Almost sounds and like a metaphor, but whatever. It, it does. <laughs> it, it, but anyway, so it's, there's nothing worse than coming out to freezing weather and your pool's half empty because you think something cracks oh, somewhere. Man. And I got the pool guy out Problems here. Problems with he, the 1%, Mike. I know. He's, he's, I cannot he, relate. He, yeah. He fixed the he Toast, fixed the how's your pool valve? doing? <laughs> You're the only pool owner of the three of us there, Mike. So. Oh, come on, Daryl. You've had one. This is falling on deaf ears. I don't have a pool right now. Didn't Are you, you kidding me? No, not right now. No. Anyway, yeah, moving for the on. Past, for the past twenty uh, years, I thought I thought we'd we'd maybe relay a story or two of of our bitter cold youth growing up. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I've got I've got many. I grew up in way north British Columbia. I played in Edmonton for a while. I also in Olu, Finland. A hundred and what is it? One hundred and twenty kilometers from the Arctic Circle. Basically, you're. You know, you can just go, uh, you could probably go for a bike ride and end up at, at Santa's workshop where I was up in Olu. Uh, but I, I remember very many things. I was thinking of this too with this weather coming in. First grade, maybe I've told this before, but we, we, had, we had a playground and we had, we had a metal uh, dome that you could climb on, monkey bars or whatever you want to call them. And it wasn't me, but somebody dared somebody to lick the, the frost off of the pole. And it did not go well. <laughs> well, it went well. It got exactly the desired effect <laughs> as that tongue was stuck. And then the bell rung. And I'm telling you, as much as we're all in it together on Valentine's Day uh, in first grade, where everyone brings everyone a Valentine... When that bell rings and somebody's out in the schoolyard and they can't get their tongue off the monkey bars, it don't matter. You're heading inside. So we all came inside and, uh, of course, told the teacher. And with that, the teacher looks out there. I'm telling you, it was, it was that scene. There was one kid out in the middle of a frosty playground at an elementary school with his crying, bawling with his tongue stuck to the metal. And what does our teacher do? Can you imagine doing this nowadays? But our teacher grabbed a kettle that we had in our class and warmed up some hot water. And just having a kettle, a plug-in kettle in our class is probably illegal now. Uh, warmed up uh, some hot water. I mean, hot, hot water. Took it out there and just dumped it on his lips. <laughs> and unglued him. Oh, my him. gosh. And then he came crying. 
And I, th- I think parents were called maybe at lunch or something like that. Certainly not in the morning. They're at work. And, uh, and that was that. That was the same, same schoolyard that when I was a little older, we had uh, double tennis courts there. And they would just put little uh, boards up around the tennis courts and made a great big ass rink out of it in the winter. It was the greatest outdoor rink because I, I would literally put my skates on at home and you could skate on the roads in, in Prince George uh, because, I mean, you didn't see the pavement again until, like, April or May. And I would just skate over to there and have at it for hours and hours on the outdoor rink. You were up north as well, Mike. You must have something. I was. Uh, in fifth and sixth grade, we played tackle colors because you got, I mean, you had, what, four on the ground. So it didn't hurt to get tackled in snow. Well, colors you used to you'd line up on one line you have to run to the other side of the uh, playground and uh usually you got touched that's how you did in gym class but we played full-on tackle and i mean it was lord <laughs> of the flies stuff like you took out any aggression you had on one of your classmates mm. you could bury him and i mean we had chain link fences and you'd get driven into the frozen chain link fence and Man, prison yard it really was, and it's <laughs> one of my best memories because I oh, yeah. love that game. It was so fun, and, the, the, same, and the, the teachers same. just sat there and watched. It's oh, like but what said. are they going to do? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> hey, they're getting out their aggression. This is perfect. They'll pay more attention when they get back in the classroom. Yeah, they'll be exhausted. Yeah, they, I remember when it would snow, and then we'd you know, obviously shovel off the rink and that, and then you'd have these big powdery snowbanks, and then it was full contact. Yeah, it was just it was the best. So you get hit. And you just landed in the snowbanks, and sometimes in the into the chain link, chain link. But the problem with that was, and we used real pucks, not sponge pucks. And you, you know, a little rate. You weren't supposed to raise the puck that much, and somebody would or chip off of a stick, go into the snowbank. And I mean, it was, it felt like forty-five minutes digging in there trying to find the friggin' thing. <laughs> I'm sure it was only like five. But it took forever. And, I mean, why we didn't have more than, like, two pucks, three pucks, but that's all we had. Cost money. you know, you'd rifle one or two in there and not find them, and then you'd be on your third and final one, and then you couldn't remember where the other ones went in. And uh, there there were times I remember where we were just like, all right, well, we're out of pucks, so I guess that's the end of the game. And, uh I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> I think your childhood, they used it to make all these movies, like The Sandlot, where they couldn't find the oh, ball. Oh, it was close. And, it and was, Christmas Story, where... It was the snow lot. I, mean, Ralphie I says, lived. The, bell, the bell rang. And they're like, Ralphie. And they're like, the bell rang. You can't yeah. not go in. The bell yeah. rang. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. It happened. I lived it. Uh, and I'm not kidding about not seeing the pavement from November to March. We had compact snow. They sand and graveled. We had no salt. I, I've never heard of people salting a road. They would just throw this sand and gravel, and we all drove around uh, with metal spiked snow tires. Did you guys have those up there too? Uh, early on, uh, but they kind of—I think they outlawed them. Yeah, I think they—we they we had but asphalt. I mean, I'm talking in my youth. They—they uh, they had them, and then during, it would melt in the spring. And then everyone had like five rock chips in their windshield. I think it was a racket for the <laughs> the glass industry. They were they were also in the sand, gravel, and rock business, and they would just you know dump buckets of that stuff on the roads, and then it would all melt. It felt like at the same time, and then they just 
smash window after window with it. So anyway, it was cold. But I, the one thing was everyone was everyone was prepared and and uh, you could. I'm not saying it was easy, but you could get through it a little easier. It seemed like uh, because you had all these things that you understood. This is co- winter is coming. It's like uh, that, and down here, the, I mean, this is the coldest. That was the coldest night in like a hundred years, wasn't it? Last yeah. night, yeah, zero degrees or yep. minus one. So, I mean, nobody sees that coming. We're ready for 105, but not that. And uh, so I, I'm, man, I'm feeling for everyone that did had their power knocked out and pipes frozen and, man, oh man, what a what a nightmare, hey? The other end of global warming. This is it, <laughs> just like the movies. <laughs> what about you, Totsi? You grow up in all kinds of this? Nope. As a yeah. uh, all right, proud born and raised in Dallas. When you yeah. guys, when you Northerners look down your nose and talk about no one here knowing how to drive in these conditions. I am exactly who you're talking about. It's, it's brutal. Yeah, but how, you know, I, I, I've said it before and I half kidding when I say it, like, I understand, like, how, how would you, why would you like, I remember when, when people in Northern BC or Northern Alberta uh, were first learning how to drive, they didn't know how to drive on it either when they were like 16 because they'd never driven before. And that's kind of how people are down here. Now, it scares yep. the dickens out of me because I understand that you stay off your brakes and I understand what to do when the back end starts to slip and all those things. But I'm just there. There are people I had I had a girl yesterday in a in a BMW on my way down to the rink and she's like right on my bumper on the back. And I'm like, I wanted to get out and 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 give her a good tongue lashing is what I wanted to do. <laughs> And tell her that you're not doing this right. You need to give yourself some distance. You don't know whether your car is going to be able to stop or not. And then finally sure, she turned Sure, off. Grandpa, just speed up. Oh, I felt like I was yelling at clouds. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Oh, God. I'm moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. I will say this. I'm watching Everybody the news. stay warm. I'm watching the news, and there was a red Mustang convertible, just like totes, that was on the side of the road. It looked like it hit a, a barrier or something. I'm going like, oh. Hope that's not totes there. <laughs> I was getting that lesson live while driving yesterday, and I don't think there's could be much of a worse car to be in than that small soft top Mustang that weighs like three hundred pounds and has so, rear wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. rear tails wheel. I was I was spinning yesterday. It was it was rough. All you have to do is just get a few sandbags, put them in the trunk, and you're good to go. Just weigh that thing down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> rough. Uh, all right. Uh, because of that, more delayed games, right? Uh, Stars and Preds last night, Stars and Preds tonight as we're recording this. You got to do what's right, and that's what's right. Uh, I heard a few guys on both sides actually say, let's just return to the Cotton Bowl, flood it, play two. (laughs) (laughs) I love that idea. That would have been perfect. Wouldn't that be something if they could pull that off? The last few days, I I don't know who's been posting it. I think it's been on my uh, Instagram feed, but... Somebody's putting out a little bit of video of Bandy. Do you guys know what Bandy is? Have yes. you ever heard of it? Okay. So I'd, I'd never seen it until I was over in Finland and, and playing over there. And then I was just like, okay, wh- what, is, what is this? They're, they froze a soccer field, and, and they're skating on it. And these guys can fly. 
and they're using like uh, girls' field hockey sticks, like these tiny little uh, candy cane looking sticks, and a, a knobby orange ball, and away they went. And they, I'm the the most beautiful skaters I've ever seen in my life. And maybe it just looked prettier because of the size of the surface, but man, it was unreal. And then talk about un unfortunate for the netminders and unfair. I mean, the net was a soccer net. Right. <laughs> these, I don't know how they expected these guys to make a save, but uh, and they didn't make very many once they got down there. Uh, but it was it was fascinating. So I I was thinking the same thing like. Okay, maybe they can't put up boards and all that. Well, hey, just freeze the field uh, and let's play a couple of games. Guys can put put goalies in. We, we can make drag nets out there somewhere. Do it some way, somehow, and go, go. I would I would have loved it. That, Yuri Lettinen said that's why he had his endurance. That when he was twelve years old or ten old, he ran out out after school and started playing bandy on the soccer field. And I got to tell you, it would give you some endurance to be able to skate up and down on a soccer field. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. They could never do that, though. Uh, you know, how, how thick do you think the ice is at White Rock Lake? <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm trying really hard. Uh, probably not thick enough yet, huh? No. It's worth a stab, though. What about Heike's pool? Yeah, not big enough. <laughs> It did have a little bit of ice, but I'm running the freeze filter and keeping the water uh, moving. You know, the NHL's making a big deal of playing on a... They, they're trying to pretend they're playing on the lake out there at Lake Tahoe. They're playing on the golf course. That's where the rink is. We could actually play on White Rock Lake. Have our own little Mystery Alaska fest. Wouldn't that be something? I would love to see it. Who would have thought we'd ever even be able to contemplate something like that? But the last few days have put us in that, in that frame of mind. Weather, you just shrug. These, I, I'm amazed at, at humanity right now. Just shrug, plow forward mentally and physically, greet the next day, challenge, whatever it is. And uh, man, oh man, just unreal. Unreal. Well, going, ba- going back to our youth, did you ever think about just staying inside? I mean, uh, there we, were, we, yeah, there were times. We were outside a lot. I didn't have it as cold as you did, but. Like it was just like okay, so I'm gonna stay inside and watch Days of Our Lives oh, or whatever give you a during Christmas staying break. Inside. Yes, it was horrible. Yeah. There's nothing on TV. You'd go so out you'd, and then get yeah. to where either your toes or your fingers were actually frozen. Then come back in, put them in front of the fire, cry as they unthawed <laughs> like ball. It hurt. That hurt. You ever done that? Yeah. That hurts. And, and then you go sit right next to the radiator and your feet. Oh my God. <laughs> it's. Get, it's the so exact painful. same. It's the exact same as an ice cream headache. It's exactly yes. the same, exactly the same. Because you you just you go hard on whether it's a shake or whatever it is that gives you a, a ice cream headache or a cold headache like that. And the minute that it goes away, and there's all these wives' tales about how to get rid of it: stick your tongue on the roof of your mouth and breathe in and out real quick, whatever. But the second that it goes away, right back on that straw, right back on it. <laughs> Because it's so good. And it was the same thing. As soon as those feet were thawed back out, it was like, all right, let's head out. All good. It's warmed up a couple degrees. <laughs> Minus right. 28. It's not in the 30s anymore. Here we go. Uh, another uh, hot topic in the past week was the anthem. And not going to get into the debate here. Of, um, the, I just wanted to mention the, the habit aspect for players and likely for fans too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, 
players have routines and superstitions and habits, and they adhere to those as a ramp up to puck drop. And the anthems just it's all it's been so ingrained, it's it's part of that, along with other things, obviously, but it, it is part of the rhythm of of the day in preparation for puck drop. I, I remember me as a, a kid with the Canadian anthem on Saturday nights in the living room. I stood at attention with my hockey stick as Roger Doucette belted out the Canadian national anthem, O Canada, at the forum in Montreal in all its pageantry. You ever hear him sing it? I have not. Go on YouTube. Find it. All right. I will. Riveting. I mean, that, to me, that, that, was, that was as much hockey night in Canada as anything was that anthem and seeing them all lined up and, and then away we go. You know, they, some guys leave the line early. Some guys rock back and forth. There's a certain uh, uh, order that, that there has to be there and what have you. So I remember that. I also remember getting good enough to have it played at my own games as a youth. And that was a big deal. Yeah. Like if you, you know, you were, you were in a tournament somewhere and you got to the semifinal or the final and they're going to play the anthem before the game. Man, you have arrived, arrived. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, like with the American national anthem, it has become way too political, but watch Ben Bishop. I mean, this is a moment where he is a proud American and mm. he wants to follow the protocol perfectly. And if you watch him when he's out on the ice, it, it really is a... a it's an unveiling of his personality and how important the United States of America is to him. So, yeah, I know there's all sorts of politics one way mm. or the other, but, but it's interesting to watch players and how they react to their own national anthem. There's also the scene from Slapshot. <laughs> After the pregame brawl, Hansons are bloodied, but in respite, standing tall and at attention for the playing of the national anthem, well, that frazzled ref in the in the red stripes <laughs> tried to warn and scold them. And, uh, I forget which Hanson, which Hanson was that one? The I don't know. They all look the same to me, but I, yeah, they do in a way. He's I'm trying to listen to the <laughs> blank and song. <laughs> he wanted, and he then, wanted to show respect. Yeah. And then the <laughs> ref turns around, they finish that. And then right back to fighting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, anyway, uh, okay, state of our stars. Since uh, we last saw them conduct their business at American Airlines Center, things have not gone great since that four and zero start on home ice. To me, to me, uh, too often there's just been that void of what I've always referred to as critical execution. It's not my thing. It's just what it is. Critical execution at both ends of the rink. And sometimes you have it going on, and, and you get it, and it's consistent. And sometimes you hit a, a pocket or a rut where it, it just doesn't happen for you at either end of the rink. You either, right. you either don't cash in on, on your great scoring chances, or you don't get that save, that save, at the right time, at the critical juncture. And, uh, and it feels like that's, that's happened too much. Uh, for the stars, both on that road trip and the beginning of this homestand. What say you, Mike? I agree. Uh, ironically, they were kind of a little bit of the opposite in the bubble last year. They would have yes. 
Exactly. They would have stretches where they weren't the better team, but yeah. boy, when they had a chance mm-hmm. to make a huge play that would swing the game, they did it. They were mm-hmm. very opportunistic, and, and you know, especially offensively, I think. But but I think you're right too. Defensively, when they had to come up with a shutdown or they had to come up with a penalty kill late in the game, yeah. they did it. Well, and, they give, and, did they give up a? They gave up like two power play goals after the second intermission in the playoffs. Yes. It was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. That's what I mean. That's critical execution. Yeah, and and they would get even during the regular season last year. I, I they got it. At one end of the rink, I mean, more more times than not, they got the performance and the save, the clutch stop from their net minding. But it was at the other end. They, they could not bury any of their chances. There they were, game in and game out, where you could talk about, oh, look at the number of high-danger chances they had, but they would, they would never score on them yeah, or seldom score on them. And then you're right. They got in the bubble, and everything fell into place. Yeah. And they would go with those three goals in one period, and they just got hot. They got Spasms. opportunistic. Yeah, and and it's just dried up right now. Yeah, and no, I don't it's, know why. Hey, look, it, the first four games, it was there again. Yeah. They, I mean, the two games set against Nashville, the two games set against Detroit was basically just a continuance or a perpetuation of what had gone on up in Edmonton in the bubble. And then they went to Carolina and bleh. And they haven't been able to fully get it back uh, at both ends since. But one thing that has continued on, the power play and and Joe power play, if you will, uh, are going well. I, I know it, it's fallen off, but please, <laughs> you're not going to continue on with the 8 for 12 that they opened the season with uh, at, what's that, 66%, 67%. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they've they think about it. They've gone eight for thirty six since then, and in a normal year, I mean that that is that's a spectacular uh, percentage. Yeah, you know, you score on you score on twenty five percent of your power play opportunities. Man, you're getting it done, and that's what they've the done. Yeah, 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 or close. Yeah, and uh, and and yet. All those other things are eroding uh, some of that greatness, but uh, it does it does not at all taint what what Joe has done in leading that that power play unit. Man, he's done a great job. Yeah, is, is it interesting that the the it big is shot? Interesting. It is interesting is it? that the big shot on the Stars power play comes from the wing and not from the point. Like there's not a defenseman who really unleashes. Well, them. we're going to get more into that in a little bit, aren't okay. we? Okay, okay. And Dryden talk. Indeed. Uh, it is so, uh, like, come on. The, the, the big, booming slap shot, Shea Weber, uh, Studley Wonderbomb, uh, you know, even uh, Chara, j- just go through the names that used to be able to just uncork from 50 feet away. I mean, what's the point now? You, you, there, there's a herd of humanity between you and the goal. Correct. So... Yeah, they've they've worked more, and it's a copycat league, so everybody copies one another. Something successful. Oh, they're going downhill from the flanks. Let's go downhill from the flanks now, and uh, let's let's work it a little differently, and let's try to outman them at the net, and all those things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's a little bit different. The thing that's worked consistently for the stars, Joe, win the faceoff, Joe. Uh, either passed someone and they score, or John Klingberg passed to Joe and he scores. Boom. 
That and Rope Hints, who has been a uh, not a consistent part of it because he's been out of the lineup a little bit. But man, he, and that's unfortunate. Maybe this fortunate, not unfortunate, right? That this uh, postponement happens right now because he wasn't going to play last night, and right. he hasn't been practicing. Although he's been flying in games, so whatever's bothering him, uh, hopefully a couple extra days off can can help it settle down a little bit. Along with Alexander Radulov, they miss them b- both. Um, they miss Alexander a lot in the passion department and the production department. Uh, but it would just be be nice to get Rope back to 100. percent He's been a big, big part of the the positives so far this year. Yeah, it, the fact that he played whatever it was, 23 minutes the other night, it's just, you know, we, we talk so much about the 12 or 11-minute games he played last season, and and this is exactly, I think, what you want to see from Rope Hints, you know, and then hopefully you can add that to Pavelski and Sagan as you, you know, go forward, but you want him to be that guy who feels like he can take over a game. And as they trend past some of their players who might be, you know, getting a little bit older, it's sure nice to have a 24-year-old who might mm. be in the peak of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've liked him since he arrived on the scene. And, uh, you know, he's learned how to stop and stay in the fight a little bit more than he did as a younger player. And, uh, you know, Rick's been effusive in his, in his uh, praise of his penalty-killing work. And his improvement on faceoffs. I mean, that that's you're getting a a well-rounded, uh, power, fabulous skating center iceman out of this deal right now. If he can stay healthy, he's had he's had a bit of the injury bug, and at the wrong time, right? Uh, yeah. You know, blocks a shot, gets knocked out of the series against St. Louis. He had the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues were just in awe of him and and Essa Lindell. They were just like, we had no idea these two guys were that good. Yeah. And and then last year in the final, same thing. Rope goes down, steps on a stick, crashes violently into the boards. That's the end of uh, his final. And I, I wonder whether this is uh, that flaring up again or if it's something new or, or what's going on with them. But, man, they got to get that settled down and in a hurry. And that's the problem this year, right, is you can't there, – there's so much urgency in a 56-game schedule – and you can't just sit there and say, well, we're going to shut him down for a couple of weeks. But you might have to. You might have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a really difficult thing because it's so crammed together, too. Uh, you know, yeah, so it's every second if, day. Yeah. Right. So so if, he, if it really is just nagging, well, okay, you could give him a day off or you do this or do whatever. But no, you can't because there's another game coming up. Well, they have and been doing that, though. He hasn't I know, I know but I'm, I'm just saying – in the past, they could they could even give them a game off or whatever they wanted to do, and they, I guess they can still do that now. But it's just boom, 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 one on top of the other, and they're not in a place where they're sitting there going like, "Oh yeah, we got the playoffs down, we're going to be fine." You know, well, they, here they're, they're, they can panic a little bit and say, "Hey, we need Rope tonight." Yeah, well, uh, hey, Totes was in the bubble. Totes, what, what was the injury? You can be all uh, uh, Mr. Insider for us here now. Give us the injury, the injury now. You're around the team. Go ahead. It'll okay, be your so. last day working for the Stars, but go ahead. Cool. Uh, the statute of limitations has expired on revealing this info, I guess. So I agree. As your lawyer, there. as your lawyer, Mr. Totes, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Way to go. We're not going to make today your last day, Totesy. Way to go. Thank you. Uh, is Mike? Is this a repeat of last year in your eyes? mind 
Um, no. Uh, for the simple reason is I think that they have the ability to fix this from what they learned in the bubble. Well, hold and it, hold so, it, hold it. You're missing the point here. This is like a Ted Lasso question. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. <laughs> you know, I know how you do. <laughs> uh, Me. It's an, that's an inside joke, by the way, people. The, uh, <laughs> we'll get, cover your Ted Lasso, and then we'll get do back to it. Do you want to do it right this. now? Yes, I want so, so I started watching Ted Lasso. It's a really good show. It's about an yes. American football coach who goes to coach yeah. in England and shows that, thanks hey. For, thanks for Lasso-splaining that to us. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, the point, I think, is that, yes, knowing the rules is somewhat important, but knowing people is even more important. Okay, it's a so very esoteric I was asked, question. Yes, I was asking o'clock Jane. in the morning to a National Hockey League player who's trying to get his club out of a funk that they're in right now. Well, that, this is the point of the funk, is that, hey, maybe... How it's flat about... did that question fall? <laughs> he, looked that. Over, he looked over to the side. Yes, and he I did. Could, yeah. I yes, could he swear did. I could see his lips saying, what the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you were there, you would have got the hairy eyeball. Instead, you got side-eye to He was looking at Tom Holy. He was, Tom Holy PR. Going, what? <laughs> like, what is this clown asking me? So it was a very good question. I knew where you were kind of going, but at the same time, I kind of didn't. So anyway, um, thanks for that. So your your Moment point about this this season being no like no no last no season. is it a repeat of last year in a good way, Mike? In oh. a good way. Why always Debbie Downer? Uh, so they start last season and they they couldn't get out of their own way early on, but then then they all of a sudden they couldn't lose games for stretches. And they worked themselves through the regular season, got themselves uh, into the playoffs, into the bubble, and look what they did. Two wins away from winning a Stanley Cup. Are we seeing a repeat of that? I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, my, my point on all Thanks of this for is... sitting on the fence, Mike. They have, a, they have the tools. They have the tools that they learned in mm -hmm. the bubble last year. They do. And they should be able to use those tools right now to get themselves out of this funk right now. And they haven't done it yet. Mm. So then my question to you, yeah, Daryl Ray. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> hey, Daryl, here's a question. Yes, Mike. Uh, was that bubble situation something that built a chemistry with from the people? This is a Ted Lasso angle. From the people, okay. not the players, but that it transferred over to the players. <sighs> the people liked each other so much that they became a team that was unified and could pull these huge plays out at key moments in the game because they liked each other so much and they were living with each other for two months. And is that missing this year? So you're saying they got to the final through harmony? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So, like, this last season extended beyond the bubble, Mike. That was the point I was trying to make. Ah. You're not following my Ted Lasso point. Well, that's why I asked the question. Okay. Well, yes, Part of that's important. You have players that are inserted into the line that weren't part of the situation up in Edmonton in the bubble. And sure, the success leaves clues and you try to lean on those things. Although I'm starting to get a, a sense that they don't want to hear much about last year anymore, which is probably a good thing. You know, they, I disagree. They, I you, think it's a mistake. Nah, don't. If, okay. I think if you win or don't win, you, you need to put it to bed and every year is a new year and, and you, it's going to throw, I mean, the new year is going to throw some different stuff at you and you got to find your way through it, meander and handle all those things. I know this, I know this, 
it's important to lose well in the NHL. So if you look at the Stars, they might have, what do they have, one win in their last eight games? Yep. Is that what it is? Yep. But, 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 but. But. They've earned a point in four of those other seven losses. Correct. That is losing well. Yep. Now you go, you go dry and you get nothing, and you are, you're digging six feet of a hole to lay in at some point, you would think, especially in a short season. And they haven't done that. So I, I have full confidence that they could find some confidence in some key areas and go on a run where they, like they did last year, that was my point. As much as they, as they floundered early on, they, under two different head coaches, they went on epic success runs of, of consistent wins. What were they? Six, seven games? Twice? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, because the franchise record seven. I swear yeah. they were they were. They got right to seven, there. I think, under Monty, and I think they got to six under under Rick. So it's doable. That, that's doable. And I agree with you on that point. Yeah, that that's well. That is my point, Mike. Your point is a very good one, Daryl. <laughs> oh because my God, they, you and they your bubble, bubble, the, bubble, 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 hubba, bubble. Of the ability and talent, and they have it in the right areas. Like that yeah. group of four defensemen is a solid yes. group of four defensemen. And six? those groups of, well, yeah, you're right, six. Maybe, well, maybe what, seven, maybe eight. What kind, maybe. I mean, you look, honest to God, Mike, you, you look around the league right now and you look at some of those third pairs on defense, and that's where the getting's good for the yeah. opponent. Yeah. And you look at this pair and you're like, man, that's what you want. You don't, you don't really notice them. Uh, the big part of the penalty kill, and uh, they just eat up their – 13 to 15 16 minutes a game and uh it's perfect yeah. it's, it's, I, it's exactly what you want out of that i use the baseball reference of their middle relievers they just try and eat yeah the two or good. three innings and not let that's, anybody score that's a perfect analogy mike <laughs> that is that's exactly what they are speaking so. of defense I've, I've also coined a new adjective or verb i don't know which one it is again i only went to high school i didn't i didn't hit the college <laughs> Didn't hit the college you, you, you only made grade nine. Yeah, yeah. Grade 12. Grade 12. I'm joking. I just like the fact that you say grade nine or grade 12. Oh, my God. You're a Canadianist, aren't you? I am. It's coming out now. I love Anyway, Canada. how's this? Miroic. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So the that, other that night. That play was Like heroic. the other night. When the game is in the balance, they score into the empty net. They get nothing out of that game. And a heroic play by Miro Haskinen to keep hope alive. Down they go, and there goes Pavelski. Just like that. Yep. So if you use it, it's going to cost you. But it's my, you know what? It'll cost other people. For you guys, my gift to you in 2021. <laughs> Go ahead. Meroic. Uh, if I'm on the pregame play. show anytime soon, I'm going to throw Meroic out there and just claim it as my own and, copyright. Yeah, it right probably there. probably would. Is it, is it an adjective or a verb? What is it? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it a verb because, well, I guess technically it'd be an adjective, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Look at the big brain on Mike all of a sudden. I, Totsi, really you want to weigh in? It's You're the adjective. closest to school. Huh? Adjective for yeah. sure. Yeah. I love it. See? There you go. Nailed it. Meroic. Mer say it. It's fun to say. It is fun to say. Meroic. 
No, don't say it like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put a little heroic. something on it. Go ahead. Uh, and it was an heroic play Yikes. at American Airlines. Oh, yeah, we're going to move on. That was awful. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't, I'm not, did you read the article that I'm going to bring up here, the Ken Dryden I, article? It broke last night. And look, full disclosure here. Ken Dryden, author, lawyer, Cornell educated. He would know whether it was an adjective or a verb. Former team president of the Leafs, Canadian senator, I think, uh, Hall of Fame goaltender, and my boyhood idol. His latest articulation, essentially, the NHL has a goalie problem. It was written for the Atlantic? Yes. Not to be confused with the Athletic, which I think a lot of people have. I think they have. And then they, they get all grumpy about a paywall. Uh, you ever you ever hear that saying about paywalls? I think I told you that before, didn't I? No. What which one are you using? I've heard them all because I used to work for a publication that the, people did not like the paywall. The the truth is paywalled. The lies uh, are free. Whew. That's deep. Anyway, it's almost a it's almost a heroic statement. Uh, <laughs> see, you're not even using it. No, probably. no. cut his mic. <laughs> JT, cut yeah. his mic. We're muting him. <laughs> okay, the, here and this this has been ongoing. I, I'm not going to run through everything that he wrote because it's long. Uh, but essentially, the nub of it is that that the size of goaltenders plus their equipment plus the system that they play equals a real hard to score game. But I, I think more importantly, it's kind of dampened the style of of the sport and the style of teams, players trying to score goals uh, in the NHL. And it's a fascinating article. I urge everyone listening to this to, to go read it. I, I mean, it's the same man that pumped out the game, which is a, just an incredible book about the, the sport. But anyway, the, the, it gets distilled down to this point that the is bigger nets. And there have been so many traditionalists through the years that are just like, there's no way you can do that. The net's always been six feet by four feet. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, they've whittled the goaltender's equipment down, and the goalies just keep adjusting because they're brilliant. Goaltenders are Mensa members of our sport. And uh, that's why so many, uh, not only intelligent, but handsome former netminders move into broadcasting. The... The the premise is is absolutely spot on though that they need they need bigger nets and I mean he he goes into three point line in, in basketball and all kind I mean he's a lawyer he makes his case yeah. and that and that it, to me was the best point of it because there's Americans out there who don't yeah. understand hockey but they do mm -hmm. understand basketball and the simple fact that the three pointer opened up the inside and allowed for more ball movement and more exciting plays. That's what a bigger net would do, and that was his contention. That look at look at what the three pointer did. In the first year, they had three pointers. There was like three a game or whatever. Yeah, that was a wild stat, huh? Yeah, and then it was now, like they were almost scared of it. Yes, and but it, again, the the proposition is you have to take this step of a larger net, and then the results might not be seen for five or ten years, but they will be seen. But that I, I wonder whether our sport would have the patience for that. 
I don't know. You know, because there's so many people that immediately would just go, well, that hasn't made any difference at all. You're going to ruin the legacy of Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe. But I I said this, that the time is is very much right to do something like this. uh, Because you you can't really go across generations anymore anyway with with uh players the equipment's so different and and now we're into where every season has a different number of games so you know th- what what does a 30 or 40 or 50 goal score mean anymore you know all these things that that were that were uh, basically the premise of of every traditionalist saying you can't mess with the game well we they've messed with the game a lot and th- this is one that would make it beautiful again. And look, there, there are so many great things about how our sport now, the way it is. And, you know, they made some huge changes to rules and that. Some of them, you know, they haven't – I don't know that they've worked to the degree that, that they thought they were going to. But, but it's helped a little bit with the flow. But it's become – it's just become ping pong. It's become so rapid and – and, and look, coaches are so smart, and they they come up with defensive schemes to just take ice away. I mean, you hear it all the time. You take their time and space away. That that's it's not very sexy and exciting. Uh, but my my biggest issue with with goaltending as as these guys they're they're great athletes. They're incredible athletes compared to what we were, you know, twenty thirty years ago. Uh, but their equipment allows them to be so much quicker and. Like this article talked about, the equipment works to block space. And th- that's not what equipment should be doing. Equipment should be working to protect bodies, not block space. Now, I can go back to, and it, it's allowed to this day, there, there's, a, there's a piece of every goaltending glove that's called a cheater, and they allow it. It doesn't protect anything. It just blocks space. And they've never whittled it back down again. I, I'll, I'll never understand that, ever. It, it's got nothing to do with protection. But yeah. they allow them. And now you, you watch goaltenders, they, they're blocker. They use it to just block space. It used to be you had to – you use the front of it to, to make saves because if you used any other portion, it hurt a lot or it broke something. And through the equipment changes, they just use it to block more space in the net from their knees. Their pads work differently. They can skate on their knees. They can move around without ever having to get back up again. And it's made it so difficult for incredibly talented shooters and, and players to score a goal. Yeah. And, it, and it, it shouldn't be that way. And here's I'll, I'll let you chime in here in a sec, but I want to get this in. The, the thing that bugs me the most, though, about this. Now, there, there were big-time cheaters there for a while. They, I mean, they, they had to... They had to go to war with these goaltenders because they were just flat out cheating. These massive uh, chest and shoulder pads and everything—it was—it was grotesque. But what, what has happened with this? Because of their size, I mean, goaltenders now regularly six four, six five, six six. Ben Bishop six seven. Uh, you know, Ottinger's six five, I think. Right. So they're big, big guys with incredible athletic ability, and and primo equipment. But what it's taken away is the, the artful save, like the, the dramatic balletic goaltender save. Uh, you know, you see Dobie make it from time to time. Cause he's not huge. 
Right. So he has to make a, an explosive, uh, extraordinary, you know, send me to my thesaurus elephantine mastodonic <laughs> stop, right? Because uh, he has to get across, he has to cover net. Uh, and the bigger guys don't have to do as much of that. And then they have players that are willing in front of them to just stand and absorb shots and act like goalies themselves. I mean, you look every night at the end of the game and there is somewhere between 15 and 30 block shots, 30. And, you know, a guy like poor Miro Haskin and trying to be Miroic and can't do it because everyone's just dealing with Miro now and, and blocking shots. He's not getting any shots at all. He gets one a game. If that, I want to see goalies make saves again. I want to see players score, like, uh, I don't, I mean, I didn't like the goal in Carolina, but I want to see more of those goals like Nino Niederreiter come down the wing and just blast it past a goalie. That's what used to happen. Yeah. And the goaltender had to either have the quickness and the anticipation to make that save, or he got beat. And it, yep. looked, it looked beautiful. I want, I want that back, and I, I want the nets uh, to be loosened a little bit so that when they do score, it's got some drama to it when it hits the twine. It billows the net. I want that again. Mike, you, you, are, you, are you such have an the floor. Art, you are such an artful director because you do see this as like a movie, and I do love that. Mm. How you, you appreciate it. The- this is an image world now, is it not? It is. It is. Yeah, see? See? The written uh, word is dead. The point oh you make my- about oh, oh. <laughs> oh, my God, Mike, I'm so sorry. It's, it's a world okay. of podcasting. I, 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 I've known that for years, Totsi. <laughs> I think I've always told you the story of Marty Turco. We did a story on his house. And uh, so I really worked hard to write a great story because it was about Marty Turco and his house. And so I asked him, he goes, yeah, the pictures were great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was about a house. It was, but I really but it was worked how you hard. described the house? Yes, it, it was? Well, and, and again, it was about their relationship and how they found their decorating touch and why they made the decision to have and artificial turf in the house was a metaphor for life, yes, <laughs> for European wonderful. soccer somehow, he, or related to Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't even read the story. Anyway, uh, my point being on on what you said earlier and, and what Ken Dryden said is goalies really are smart. And so not only the equipment, but taking the equipment and using it in the best possible way. And he talked about sliding from post to post and not even trying to move that much because when you move, that's when you open yeah. up holes in your body. And you're reading that going like, well, that's a boring way to play this game, mm-hmm. but it's an efficient way to play the game. And that's what goalies know right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, look, for years, it's been the most coached position in our sport. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have a center iceman coach for the most part. You don't. Right. You have a guy that runs the D, but each defenseman doesn't have his own coach for the most part. Whereas with goalies, I mean, and then now they've, what did Luongo start down in Florida? Now they have a goalie consortium or something. They have a, <laughs> a, a that, think tank. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what they've done. And, and they, the, the, again, the, the article talks about how, it, they, they just dominate the game now. Goaltending dominates. And you can go back to what we were talk, talking about at the very beginning of this week's podcast about, about critical execution in that position. That it's, not, it's not just about you maybe not getting saves. It's about the other team getting every save from these guys. And, and they, they can dominate a game in that way where 
where they you're not going to score. Like if their team's on a little bit with their system and their goalie's sharp, you, you, you're not going to score. They, they, there are no holes. They don't create holes. And the way they play is making it just so difficult to uh, – it's, it, it's dumbed down the attack. And this should be a much more uh, beautiful game offensively than what it is. And that's why I've talked about, beyond bigger nets, uh, allowing picks in the offensive zone just to open up a little more space so whether a goaltender can stop a shooter when that shooter has time, space, and can pick a, a spot and, and try to beat the goaltender to that spot rather than just hope that he leaves a hole or there's a rebound, a chubby corpulent rotund rebound laying around and and they can chunk that home um i mean you're still going to need goals like that but it would be nice if if it was if if guys that had real top end offensive acumen and shots could could utilize that more often i guess i guess that's kind of where it's at well it's and funny, I, I think I, it's I've... I, I think it's going to come. I, I really do. I, I think, and they don't, like he said in the article, you don't have to make the nets that much bigger. They don't have to be that much bigger. But somehow, if they're a little bit taller and they're a little bit wider, all, all that does, and I, th I think a big hunk of the article was about goaltenders do their best work now when they're in their butterfly position on their knees and they don't even bother getting back up again. Right. And, there are, no, there are less holes. I mean, you're filling most of the net in that position. Whereas if it's a little bit taller and a little bit wider, they're going to have to get to their feet uh, at times, and they're going to have to wait a little longer before they drop in that butterfly, or they're going to get torn apart up top, or they're going to open up their five hole, beat five hole a little bit more, rather than just sit there and say, well, nothing's going through here. So it, yeah. it was a brilliant article. Really was. I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed hope something it comes and, of it. I did too, and I, I I wish he would have a larger role in the NHL. But it is what it is. He kind of does with what he does. You know, his own writings. He does, uh, but I do did, think. Did they not? Did the NHL not get sideways a little bit? He he went after uh, checks to the head a yeah. while ago, and I don't think the NHL. I don't think the NHL liked it. Uh, and you're talking about two Cornell guys, right? In in Gary right. Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, and and Ken Dryden. Yeah. So, but, one, but I one, mean, one, I haven't seen one, one article. Yeah, I know, I know. I haven't seen one, <laughs> one article is protecting players, that, and one is protecting that, money. The Dryden has put out that hasn't been like really, really sharp. Yeah, and maybe like, that's how he point. makes his impact because yeah. people talk about it. He puts ideas out there, and and then the discussion begins. Yeah. So maybe he's making his impact in the best way that he knows. Yeah. It. And I mean, th this is not sour grapes from old goalies no, either. No. Like, and it wasn't for, he didn't even mention in the article that he played goal. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah. It, not once did he say, you know, I used to play and in my day, it was like, he never mentioned that at all. He just made yeah. these salient points throughout this article. And, and, uh, and then you're right, probably just leave it out there and let the dogs feast on it any way they want. And I, I hope something does come of it because, uh, and, and then the, the other, and then I'll leave this alone and we'll go away. The, the other thing <laughs> he pointed out was it, it's like anything. When, when you allow as much as they've allowed to go on at the position and in the game, it levels the, it levels the field so that 
that your your sort of average guys are better than average and your elite guys are less than elite. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. cuz it's cuz it's more systemy than it is skill and and ability. And the, the he pointed out that this might help separate the tr- the truly elite Hall of Fame caliber guys at the position from the others. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So. It's interesting the the point you made about it doesn't have to be that much. He was talking about just how just taking your uh, leg pads up, what, an inch maybe? And that closes the five hole. Because the technique yeah. that you use and, you, you know, these goalies know exactly how small, like he said, going from 12 oh, it's inches a science. to 10. Yeah, not going from 12 inches to 10 yeah. inches doesn't hurt them. But adding an extra inch on the top of that pad closes that five. So then now you're talking about... If you if you're six four and you're in an upright position and you add an inch to the top of the net, that's huge. And so you know you just just add a little bit and see what it does because it really can change a lot of how you play the position. Yeah, because I mean if they're if they're if they're not gonna uh, have the the physical or the physicality that that was once part of this thing and and the passion that that brought uh, both out of players and from fans, then you, you got to replace it with something. And if you replaced it with a little more offense and, and, and beautiful offense and the potential for offense, I, I, th- I think you could, I think you could find that level again too. I really do. Yeah. And not just hope, Oh, I hope we get on the power play and you know, we're going to score one even strength goal this game and then maybe score a second one, maybe, and then hopefully our power play when we get a chance scores for us, and then we win three to two. Yeah. That, that, or, or we have to go to replay to see who actually yeah, scored the yeah. goal because it went off his knee or his shin pad yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe yeah. maybe it'd be nice just to say, hey, I saw that goal and I know who exactly who scored it. Uh, maybe they just need to hire me again and put me back in that. They'd have no problem scoring goals then. There's holes <laughs> everywhere. Kidding me? biggest five hole on planet earth uh, I, st- I still love to see you for 20 minutes of practice because yeah. you were gr- you were great and then about t- minute 21 <laughs> yeah it was a sharp uh, fade it, yeah. it was it was like my career it started like a house on fire and then basically just fell off a cliff so uh, anyway well. hey uh good stuff totes you got anything i got nothing you got power <laughs> yeah that's, for that's this not whole nothing thing. that's Thankfully. not nothing and as we feel that that Dallas has moved location to the North Pole. Uh, the NHL's reached the the quarter pole of this truncated 56 game schedule. The Stars haven't quite got there yet, but they will here within a week, you would think. Uh, any, I'll leave it with this. Anything stood out uh, league wide for you guys, Mike? You first. The divisional stuff, I I think, is really going to be fun because as much as you can get yourself no, no, in a hole, not not looking forward, Mike. We're looking back at the first quarter. <laughs> I'm saying. So that stuck what, out. Yes, because okay. I, I, and I think we talked about this last time, that there's a different kind of play in each division. And I think that's kind of cool. That's true. I, I don't mind it. I, you know, it's almost like having the National League with a no designated hitter in the American League. I actually like that. Mm. I like having two leagues with different rules. And, and I like having divisions who only play within their division. That's my yeah. point. Uh, JT? Nope. My only thing's been the scheduling chaos of the first quarter and waiting to see how that pays off in the final quarter. Yeah. It, it might be bizarre, hey? It, it's shaping up to just be a crazy final month. 
And they'll they'll end up going on points percentage, right? Because there's no way everyone's playing 56 they're, games. They're going to have to. Uh, otherwise, you're going to play your final eight games yeah, in like 12 days or something. No, you'll play your final eight in six days, <laughs> yeah, the way this is going. Yeah. Seriously, no chance. <laughs> oh, man, Better oh, get man. that cotton ball ice ready. Uh, yeah, Double maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, the, the big hope is that they, they come out of this little uh, unscheduled break here a little healthier, maybe. Maybe it gives a couple extra days to Alexander Radulov, and and to Rope, uh, getting a little bit closer to possibly having Sagan and Bishop back. I was thinking last night that's three of last season's top five scorers, and the number one goalie out. And I know I know the stars aren't alone with that. Like every team's dealing with it, but man, that, that's that's a whack of talent not available. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta muck and find your way through all these trials and tribulations, man. The hope is they're healthy at the end, and then you know you become a better team because these other guys are playing right now. That maybe we'll talk about that a little more next week. The the fact that by by playing young guys, forced to play young guys, maybe ahead of their time. Uh, you get a much deeper roster down the road when you get your regular guys back, as long as they are able to keep confidence in their own games. Because the NHL road is littered with young guys that were given opportunities too early, and it ruined them. And that's not what's going on right now. Everyone's doing this. And I think they've handled them marvelously, don't you? Yeah, Uh, I do. With... Give them a little, live with some mistakes, give them a break, uh, get them back in there, let them look at video. And 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 today's kids are a little bit different than yesteryears, too. They, I, I don't think they, uh, they're no shrinking violence nowadays. No. They're and, not and waiting do, around for their time. They think their time is now. But we'll get more into that next week. Yeah, I was going to say, I do think the decision to bring the kids to the bubble was genius. Uh, the fact that it went for two months, that was just, these kids... Jason Robertson learned so much. Ty DeLandria learned so much just watching these guys prepare for a Stanley Cup final. And I think yeah, it's shown I mean, off I mean yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But th- this isn't some new concept. Like, w- we were black aces 30 years ago. Yeah, true. You know, you, you, we had every team brought up five guys for the playoffs and just in case of injuries. Some got in. Most didn't. Uh, you were around. It was, it was a learning experience. And you practice with those guys a lot, and and that it it did hell. It's much better than just moving on with your summer. I, I enjoyed those years, especially in in Edmonton. And uh, but you got to play. You you make your biggest gains playing games, and that's what they're they're doing right now. Well, yeah. now we got nothing to talk about next week, Mike. Way to go! No, no, we'll we reset. covered it all. We'll reset. Yeah, well, they'll be uh, at their own private quarter poll when we talk next week, right? So we'll have a full. Uh, first, uh, f- uh, what would it be, 14 games or so, 15 games report? The good Lord? I call, I call the it good 25%. Lord willing. <laughs> That's right. The what? What do you call it? I call 33%? it 25%. No, Is that 25. your quarter poll, 33%? Way to go, <laughs> it's Mike. something like that. Quite an education you got up there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll have it here on the uh, Choctaw Casinos and Resorts, rinky-dinking. Uh, we'll bring you another edition there. Until then... Hang in there, Stars fans. Hang in, man. We're with you. We're all in the the warm fire glow of the circle trust here. And before not, uh, it'll be 105 and muggy around here. Remember that. 
Talk to you next week.